I like come into work and my coworkers are like, are you good? And I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, I am not. I need to go home and finish this freaking book. <laughs> right. <laughs> Welcome to Red Wine Reads, a community of book lovers talking about our favorite and not-so-favorite books while pouring a glass or two of wine. I'm your host, Jenna Miller, and with me today is our resident fantasy and romance expert, Sierra Marshall. Before we start, I should warn you that we do spoil the endings of the books we review, so if you don't like that, then please go finish the book and come right back to us. My goal is to have you read these books with us so you can participate in the conversation, so at the beginning of each month I outline the books we will be reviewing. Whether you want to read one, none or all of them, the choice is up to you. These reviews are not backed by any science or experience, just purely two opinionated amateur readers. You may hate the books we love or love the books we hate. Everyone has different tastes, but we hope this podcast is fun to listen to no matter how you like your books. So without further ado, let's pull some corks and get reading. This week we read the first book in the Crescent City series by Sarah J. Mass, House of Earth and Blood. Sierra, welcome to this very, very, very special episode of Red Wine Reads. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> me too. I know you aren't drinking anything because we've gone over this, but right. <laughs> today I am drinking a grapefruit high noon. Let's dive right in. This yeah, is, absolutely. This is going to be a great one. So this week we read, I shouldn't say this week, it was like more like a month, a month of work <laughs> going into this one. <laughs> But we read the first book in the Crescent City series by Sarah J. Mass, and it is called The House of Earth and Blood. If you're looking at this video stream, this thing is a brick. <laughs> it is, yeah, it's 800 pages worth of just jam-packed action, is, is what I like to say. So let's do a little quick facts, because I apparently am the only human on human Earth who didn't know who Sarah J. Mass was before I picked up this book. So this book in particular, this one was published in 2020. Uh, this is kind of Sarah J. Mass's first kind of entrance into the adult fantasy world. Mm. Uh, she's been writing a lot of young adult fantasy books. So there's the Throne of Glass series, A Court of Thorns and Roses. So she is just wildly popular among fantasy lovers for just writing these phenomenal series, just kind of putting these young readers into this world of fantasy that she has created. Now she gets to do it with adult fantasy books. And she seems to have done really well <laughs> because yeah. this book has a stunning 4.5 out of 5 on Goodreads, which is unheard of, really. Well deserved. Anything above a 4. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And, <laughs> and I never in a billion years would have picked this up unless you kind of forced my hand, Sierra, which I, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I have to get her into this. This is such a popular, like, author. I fell in love with... My friend suggested that I read the Akatar series first. And then, mm -hmm. I mean, sped through that. And I was like, I need more. And then I picked up her Throne of Glass series, and I'm, like, in the midst of reading it. I think I'm on, like, the second to last book. And so I was so excited to jump into this and delve into another fantasy world that she's created. Yes. 
Oh yeah, definitely. And uh, one fun fact that I read about her that I that made me feel less accomplished about my own life, but you know, good for her, was that she started writing her first series, her first young adult series, when she was just sixteen, and so she legit created this entire career when she was sixteen years old. That's wild. But you know, we all have different paths, right? <laughs> so we can feel good about where we're at, even if we. Uh, wildly surpassed 16 and not accomplished being a best-selling author selling millions of copies of books all over the world in 37 languages but you know we're doing just fine (laughs) well let's let's get in because this is gonna be a bit of a long episode i have a feeling but let's get into the kind of i tried to stick to five main characters it kind of drifted to six and then there could be a lot more but we're gonna stick with these five-ish main characters so we have Bryce. So she is a half fae. I tried looking it up. Is a fae like a fairy? So a fae is closer to what you would think of, I would think, in Lord of the Rings, if you've seen the movies, if you've read the books, like the elves. So they have powers, typically, like in her other series, fae's have powers they are usually like abnormally tall and have like these just unimaginable like beautiful features um Mm -hmm. so i would say more or less closer to like lord of the rings version of an elf but yes i guess technically they're in like the fairy kind of spectrum okay yeah that's no that's great that's great background because i looked it up and they kept pointing me toward fairies and i was like ah the the physical characteristics are not matching up here right (laughs) but but that makes it a lot better and that's how i pictured her in my head was exactly Mm -hmm. like that was exactly like lord of the rings so i'm glad that uh that happened Um, never get lost fan art is definitely your way to go and i mean people have beautiful fan art out there for this series too Okay, there you go. We'll link to some in the show notes. So yes, Bryce is our main character. She is half fae, half human. She is the daughter of the Autumn King, who is kind of the king of that fae group in the city. Mm-hmm. And she has the power to kind of wield the light of a star, which you don't really find out till right. toward the very end of the book. But so she has this incredible power that nobody really knows she has until the very end of this book. And she has beautiful... Is it, it's red hair, right? Yeah, red. I read that right. Okay. Mm-hmm. She has just this beautiful, long, dark, red, thick hair, which we all strive to have. Right. And then we have Danica. So she is the best friend of Bryce. She's a wolf shapeshifter. Is that correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who ha- I tried to take notes, so I tried to do this because <laughs> as, as you could probably tell as I'm going through this, this was my first fantasy novel I've read in a hot minute probably since i was a young kid and i had a blast but i definitely took a while to get back into the swing of things i was like taking notes like i was back in school (laughs) so she so danica is just this badass has a lot of power in her pack so to say she has this group of buddies that are super powerful she is kind of next in line to be the alpha of this group of wolf shapeshifters and again you guys know spoilers in this entire episode so (laughs) cut out if you haven't read it yet (laughs) so danica's killed and i mean this happens very early on in the book so it's not super spoiler but she's killed very early on brutal murder bryce finds her and her wolf mates just bloodied stacked on top of each other and that's kind of the main premise of this book and so um we'll get into that a little bit more later but next up we have i butchered his name okay hunt athalar 
Yes. Okay. That's how I would say it, too. So he is a fallen angel. He's a slave to the governor of our city, of this mm-hmm. Crescent City. Um, he is kind of there to help Bryce find Danica's killer. He has motivations to help find this killer because the governor said he would decrease his sentence by a lot. And so Hunt was kind of forced into this life of uh, slavery after being a fallen angel, and then he led this rebellion against these powerful leaders of this little nation. And so then, since he did that, he was given a lot of lives that he has to take in order for him to be free. I think it was something like, what, over 2,000? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 4,000, I can't remember. 4,000? Too okay. much. Too many. <laughs> A lot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so anyways, he and Bryce have this very hot romantic tension throughout the entire book. And we'll get into his story a little bit later as well. Mm -hmm. So then we have Rune, who's the brother of Bryce. He's next, or half-brother, I guess. So Rune's a full-blood fae. He is next in line to lead. He's he's the, you know, the... The crown prince of the Valbarn fae. (laughs) There you go. If you're on on book talk, you know. (laughs) There's like a little audio and it plays all over and over again. And it's like Rune Dannon, Crown Prince of the Valvoir and Faye. And you're just like, yes. Okay, Rune. (laughs) Go Rune. Yes, Rune. He he and Bryce get in a little spicy fight after it comes out that Rune may have referred to her as a half-breed slut as a child. Brothers. (laughs) Brothers, am I right? (laughs) And then our fifth in final character, I put two of them together because I feel like they kind of serve the same-ish purpose mm-hmm. of this story, are Fury and Juniper. So they're Bryce's mm-hmm. other good friends next to Danica. Fury is this, like, badass assassin. She just kills a bunch of people, and everybody's frightened of her, and nobody really asks questions about what her job is. <laughs> right. And then you have Juniper, who's this very light and airy. She's dancer. She's very positive, And... She kind of helps pull Bryce out of this depression that she falls in after Danica, after Danica's death. And so they're just very important to Bryce's, you know, kind of how she moves on. And Fury comes in big at the end right. in the plot. So I had to include them. And then, of course, yeah. you have... Who am I missing? I guess the governor. Um, we have, like, Isaiah, who mm-hmm. works with Hunt. Um, mm-hmm. He is another, I guess, slave angel to... Micah, who is the archangel, and he is the governor of Crescent City. Yep. And and then we have, is it Celine? Sabine. Sabine, that's it. It's like Celine, Sabine, mm-hmm. who <laughs> Celine, absolutely yeah. hate Bryce, like, Oof. from the beginning, even <laughs> doesn't really like her daughter, to be honest. Mm. And she comes into play a little bit in this book as well. Just kind of causing trouble, stirring up things, definitely mm-hmm. being suspect. So. Oh, sus. <laughs> Very sus. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much our main key players. We may touch on right. some more as we get into plot, mm-hmm. but that's kind of who you really need to know. And I found this summary just from her website, so I think this is just a summary on the back of the book. Sorry, I'm not being very creative with this one. But I bet if I found a, a more detailed one, it would be probably right. uh, would be eight minutes long. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So this is what you get. <laughs> so we have Bryce Quinlan had the perfect life, working hard all day, partying all night. 
until a demon murdered her closest friends, leaving her bereft, wounded, and alone. When the accused is behind bars, but the crimes start up again, Bryce finds herself at the heart of the investigation. She'll do whatever it takes to avenge their deaths. Hunt Athalar is a notorious fallen angel, now enslaved to the archangels he's once attempted to overthrow. His brutal skills and incredible strength have been set to one purpose, to assassinate his boss's enemies, no questions asked. But with a demon wreaking havoc in the city, he's offered an irresistible deal. Help Bryce find the murderer, and his freedom will be within reach. As Bryce and Hunt dig deep into Crescent City's underbelly, they discover a dark power that threatens everything and everyone they hold dear, and they find in each other a blazing passion, one that could set them both free if only they'd let it. Bah, bah, bah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like it's like when you see a trailer for your favorite movie, like mm-hmm. come back out and you're like get goosebumps. You're like, oh, oh I know. So good. <laughs> That's how I feel reading that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess we just dive in to yeah, uh, what we, we liked. I know. Like, what do you discuss <laughs> in a huge book like this? I, I guess, I guess to start off with, I, I just have to say, I loved the process of reading this again, mm-hmm. of reading this, just because I felt like I, I hadn't read a book this, like just like a fantasy book, this in-depth, this creative, this like complicated, mm-hmm. like this world that I was just thrown into. And I was like, I haven't felt this way since I was a kid reading like Percy Jackson series. Like right. I felt like I was just like thrown into this world and she does a great job of giving you all the key players without like taking too long to set the scene. Because mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes in fantasy books, the first book is just setting the scene right. of like where you're at, what city, what the city is, who these key players are. And you're kind of, that's always what drew, drew me away from fantasy was like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I have the brain power to like sit through <laughs> 400 pages of why this city is called Crescent City. You know? right. And she did not do that at all. Like mm-hmm. just throwing a murder 20 pages in and I'm, I'm in it. <laughs> right. I mean, I would say, like, this very much closely relates to any of her books. I think she has such a talent for making it so easy to get drawn in and to have your whole, like, life kind of just fade away and absolutely dive right into these books and really immerse yourselves in the language and the, like, story and these characters. I think she is incredible at building a plot that is really based around like character development. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the things that makes her work so special and so popular. And I honestly, like every single time I read one of her series and this one was no change from any of the other ones, I am just absolutely like lost in, in the whole world of it. And I, I just, she makes it so easy to just get lost. I can't, I can't say yeah. any more than that. No, I, I completely understand where you're coming from. I took this book with me on a plane ride. So I went, you know, three and a half hours <laughs> one way, three and a half hours the other way. And for both of those flights, I did not look up once <laughs> mm-hmm. from my book, unless it was, I was telling Sierra earlier, unless it is to talk to the flight attendant about how good this book is <laughs> and how he needs to read it right now. 
and and I just even the lady sitting next to me as we're packing up to get off the plane she's like that must be a really good book like you haven't looked up once (laughs) I was like yeah it's it's really good (laughs) yeah and I just think anyone who can write an 800 page book and get you to not only stick with it all the way to the end but just read it like it is a 200 page book Right. And that you've got all day to read, mm-hmm. um, I think is a really special and a really, it's the tell of a, a phenomenal author, like right. really talented author. I, since I'm not working right now, I literally got through this book in like five days. I kid you not. <laughs> I was not putting it down. I stayed up, I think till three in the morning each night, like <laughs> reading it. Cause I was just so into it, <clears throat> which is not like a surprise, but <laughs> Well, so coming from you, who has read pretty much all of her books, Mm -hmm. what do you think kind of made this one different than the other ones? There are a few things. So like you said, this is one of her first adult fantasies. While, like, yes, some of her other ones are equally as spicy and, like, towards the end of them. Like, for instance, like her Akatar series, it started, I would say, more young adult fantasy and grew kind of into new adult fantasy so like a little bit different this kind of started off immediately with like the language with it just I mean difference wise there's not too much difference but what sets it apart is like these are different characters and like different sort of fae that we haven't seen before like in her other books they also have powers, but it's not just kind of like these like muted down powers. A lot of times they take like they're quite big and like kind of out there. And then on this on top of that, this one had angels in it, which I have not seen in any of her other ones. I have seen shapeshifters. I have mm-hmm. seen obviously like half they half humans. I've seen like full fae. We've seen Lyrians, but. The angel aspect was very new. We haven't seen sprites before, which I thought was really interesting. It was hilarious. She was my favorite character. <laughs> yeah, she's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and also with this one, it took place in like a modern society, which we haven't seen from her before. And I thought that was really interesting. And like how that would play in to this fantasy world that she's created. And she did a really amazing job at merging the too where I wasn't like this is so outlandish like I mean it's fantasy so of course it's a little outlandish but it still felt realistic enough that I could be like oh yeah that makes sense yeah no I totally understand like yeah there are definitely fantastical elements in here that Mm -hmm. you know you probably wouldn't find a soul-sucking demon that is shooting venom (laughs) fangs but like right but you would have you going home you know you would have your friend going home like shit-faced one night and Mm -hmm. trying to like figure out what's going on and you have the aspect of like you know you know somebody texting you and like saying like are you all right you have the Mm -hmm. you have this tension of like these two people that don't want to be together kind of forced into that situation and you create that like angry sexual tension which is always the best Mm -hmm. i think and i don't know there's just enough relatable things that it made it very kind of digestible especially coming Mm -hmm. from someone who hasn't and who maybe doesn't have the like it's it's honestly like a skill set that you need to have to like really read fantasy and read it well 
And I think coming from my point of view, if you're in the same boat as me, this is a phenomenal fantasy to like start with because it is so, there's a lot of players and there's a lot of things that you kind of have to like get through. And I had to Google a lot, but (laughs) when you get past that, (laughs) you know, and it's just me, I, I tend to Google a lot while I read, but if, you know, it has, you know, it has people texting each other, it has good friends, it has, you know, this romantic tension, it has people fighting, it has murders, it has, like, crime solving. So it is, it has all those elements of, like, normal, normal right. life, and it just places it in this, like, fantasy world. So I think that made it super fun to read, and also fairly easy to read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was one of the things that I love most about this, but I mean, in all of her writing, you always see like this female empowerment. And I think in a lot of fantasy, it was in a lot of ways originally made for men. Like one of the most famous like fantasy novels is like The Hobbit or, you know, The Lord of the Rings. And that is very male centered and it is fun and amazing to have something that finally feels more like ours not to say that all genders and can't enjoy this but it is so centered on female empowerment and on female relationships and that includes Mm -hmm. like like sexual or like platonic relationships with your friends and I really really love that aspect like throughout the story you know, Bryce is like, I have known Danica. Like, I know her. She is like my sister. And everyone keeps, like, spewing the stuff that she was a rebel, that she was this hardcore party girl that didn't care about anything else. And clearly, like, that's not the case. And I think mm-hmm. the way they bonded so much was because they both kind of had that expectation on them that made mm-hmm. them in a lot of ways unassuming so that they could yeah. get things done and that they could really make a change in the world. And I love to see that. And I think that is the women's story in general, like women, even here, you know, in our world, this is our story. We are often unassuming characters, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. And then you get us out into the world and look what we can do, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, 100%. And I think it's interesting, too, she touches on that relationship between Danica and Bryce, where it's all these people were assuming that they either, yeah, they they were either, like, no good party girls or they Mm -hmm. were straight up in a relationship with each other like they couldn't right. have loved each other in a platonic way without mm-hmm. it being sexual and mm-hmm. it had me kind of at the edge of my seat where for a point in that book like toward the end i did think danica was like, right this, like i was like what the hell is she doing like <laughs> and, and like how heartbroken for bryce to find out she knows in that way and like in that sense at that time she would probably be thinking like I know so little about my best friend. Someone I called my best friend, I know nothing about. And it ends Mm -hmm. up, she did know her really well, and (laughs) she was correct in saying, like, that is not something that she would have done. Like, mauling, taking that, like, synth and just mauling Mm -hmm. her friends. Like, she was well aware of how her friend would have acted and behaved in that kind of sense. And I was so happy to hear that Hunt was wrong. 
and everyone was wrong about it because I was freaking out at that point of the book. Also freaking out that Hunt was on that boat in general and like that backstabbing moment. I was so distraught. I know, and I feel like I haven't also read a book where things are kept from the reader even. Mm -hmm. And it's like, he's known about this for weeks. I was like, did I miss something? (laughs) And I was shook. I was like, absolutely shook. Well, there's a point, I think, towards the end of the chapter where they just got a little frisky on the couch, where he was like, this is the moment where I should be pulling away. And I was just thinking in my mind, I was like, oh no, what's he going to do? He's like, what is she? Like, I really just was like thinking to myself, I was like, what's he going to do? He's going to do something Mm -hmm. bad. Or like he was going to do something bad, if that makes sense. Like I thought at that moment he like changed his mind. Mm. Like, oh, he wasn't going to do something bad. Mm. But then (laughs) he shows up on the boat. But then you find out like that was his intention to not do something bad. He just had to finish it out because like, what else could he do? Who's already involved? I guess. Yeah, yeah. And it's like when you get to that twist where you think Danica did all this stuff and that she took this drug that made her maul her friends and all this stuff. And you're looking at your page count and you're like, I still have like a good 150 pages left in this book. Right. So this can't be the end. Like this <laughs> cannot be it. And then she just keeps throwing in these twists and these twists. I, I was like reading this and I got to the part. Where Bryce, like, slices Micah from, like, mm-hmm. top oh. to toe. And I <gasps> had to go to work. I, like, had to oh, put no. it down. And I was, like, I, like, come into work. And my coworkers are, like, are you good? And I was, like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was, like, I am not. I need to go home and finish this freaking book. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've, like, left off reading a book. And I just, like, will go to work, and I will think about it all day long. And I'll just be like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And this is, this, like, every time I put it down, I was, like, ready to pick it right back up. And I was like, but I have to go to bed. I have to sleep. But I have to, like, get back into the real world eventually. <laughs> Which sucks, man. I'm uh, telling you. It's yeah. part of my day. Yeah, Jesus. Like, there's, like, no (laughs) angels. What the hell am I doing? (laughs) I do think that that... When I first picked this book up, and I read, like, the first couple pages, I was a little bit worried that it would be a little bit too dark for me. (laughs) Only because, again, new to this genre, new to, like, the dark fantasy, the dark romances. And I was, like, Mm -hmm. a little bit nervous it was going to be too dark. And then you really... It really is not at all. Right. Because it is like, you know, it is like a murder-ridden town, mm-hmm. but it's not like super, super dark. And I felt like it was very similar to the setting in like these violent lights where it's mm-hmm. a darker city atmosphere, but you right. still kind of have, you have these, ele- like you have these characters that you care so deeply about that you don't really mind mm-hmm. that this city is like honestly really nasty and gross. Yeah. <laughs> I will say out of, all the books that I've read of hers, the I, the other thing that I found so different from these other ones is this is, to me, and there are always, like, mystery aspects in her books, but this, to me, was so much more of, like, 
a murder mystery and it felt more like that and it was kind of bending the genre a little bit mm. that I wasn't expecting because I was expecting like more like her other stuff of like mm. a princess kind of like coming into her own or something like that and like that still happens but this was like a little bit different in that aspect as well so I really enjoyed that part too and mm. I wasn't like too worried because I'd read her other stuff that this would yeah. be too dark but it is interesting to like get your perspective from someone who has not like read fantasy in a really long time that yeah. that might be a worry or concern for you guys. <laughs> I don't know. I'm soft. I'm soft heart. Sometimes I got to ease myself into this type of stuff. <laughs> no, I think, I think that's interesting that you said that too, because I read it very much as a murder mystery and mm-hmm. I, I loved it that way because right. I think if it was purely fantasy, like, creating this world kind of telling the story of how Bryce you know finds out that she has this power Mm -hmm. it would be it would be a great it would be a phenomenal novel as well but adding this like murder mystery piece in it just makes it like a little bit more relatable and a little bit Mm -hmm. I don't know I just you want to find out what happens at the end so I feel like I was just like right I was just engrossed I was just I could not put it down well I've never been like introduced to like a fantasy version of what like a detective yeah would look like like a group of detectives would look like yeah and that was like really interesting to me that like each each like group even the shifters were like a precinct or something (laughs) like that and you had all these different like precincts in each (laughs) and every single corner of the city and I thought that was like really interesting like something that I would never have imagined to put out into the world that, you know? Yeah. You know, it's funny as you're saying this, you know what that reminds me of mm-hmm. is uh, Zootopia. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Where you have, you yeah. have like your separate little <laughs> like areas where your different animals or your creatures live. And then you have like your little police guys that. <laughs> you know? Who knows? Maybe the inspiration. Who knows? Maybe it's just—it's just dark Zootopia. <laughs> Sexy Zootopia. Sexy Zootopia. <laughs> she's probably if she if she ever listens to this, she'll never listen to this. If she ever listens to this, she's like, oh my god. <laughs> Big fan of your work. Yeah, we really liked it. <laughs> well, like another thing, like I think it's kind of like within the fandom to make fun a little bit like not make fun but like laugh together mm-hmm. at certain things because there are certain aspects of this book that you will find very similarly in others one of those being something like an obscene gesture is always in her books i have noticed i think almost in not every single book but in every single series she always has like this intimate shower slash bath scene with our two main characters and I love it and it's always such a sweet way I think to develop like I said this intimacy between characters and that was like one of my favorite scenes I like actually tabbed it when she goes into the shower and like really helps him once he is like absolutely just wrecked Mm -hmm. from what he's had to do for Micah and 
I really appreciate those moments because that is what friendship is built on. Those intimate moments where you are helping your friend at their lowest. And, and even like in the other books, it's not necessarily that, but there's still like this building of intimacy between two with these like scenes that you're fully like naked. You're like out there for the world. And I think that's just kind of like some parallel between like being vulnerable Mm -hmm. with someone else and letting them see you at your, I mean, stripped down, like completely stripped down. And that's not just talking like physically, but like emotionally as well. And I love that in a book. Mm. I, yeah, I loved that scene. I feel like it, it really brought Hunt down like a couple notches Mm -hmm. where you, you know that he's troubled and you know that he kind of has soft spot, but you're kind of like searching for that a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. And then this kind of shows you, like, no, this actually, like, sucks. Like, he's actually, right. like, taking each of these kills and, like, right. carrying it with him to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. Right. And, and I think the difference is everyone thinks he's, like, this violent, mm-hmm. inherently violent person or angel, whatever. But you see that, like, even in the war, like, he didn't want to take lives. He did what he thought was necessary because what they're doing is wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think that's continued throughout this. And I'm sure we'll continue into the next book that Mm -hmm. this idea of having slaves be that because they rebelled or not, that's wrong. You know, like Mm -hmm. that's messed up. Having a hierarchy of a certain, and you can, I mean, incorporate this into the world now having an hierarchy of like race or whatever and this like being fae angel being like a shifter all of these are seen as better than humans it's wrong and i think that's one of the main goals of this book and i think we'll continue on into the other books as well Mm -hmm. and i think i think that like relationship between Bryce and Hunt, which, like, Bryce is seen as this very kind of a weaker, you know, she's half Faye, so she's got half Mm -hmm. the power. She's half human, so she's, like, you know, seen as this kind of weaker party girl surrounding herself with really powerful creatures. Like, she has Fury, she has Juniper, she has Danica. She has these really powerful creatures around her. And then you have Hunt, who's literally, like, the shadow of death. Like, he is shooting lightning out of his hands like you cannot mm-hmm. get more powerful image than right that. like zeus himself right there mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you have this like opposing powers like coming together mm-hmm. in these two characters which i think is really beautiful and then you have <laughs> it's literally washing dishes right now <laughs> It's okay. We're just going to keep going. This is what you get when you get a podcast that's made for free. Right. (laughs) But you have them say to each other, you know, you're the person I need. You're the person I don't need to explain myself to. Not when it matters. You see everything I am and you don't run away from it. Mm -hmm. And I think like that is just, she touches on that type of relationship with people in a lot of different ways. You have these friends and you have these lovers that are coming together and you're trying to, like, she's trying to share that importance of, like, explaining your true self. You mm-hmm. 
bear everything out on the table. Like Bryce is a very closed up person. Right. And, and like that vulnerability, that vulnerability to be loved and to love someone like Danica had like crushed her, like it cost her everything. And so how do you reopen yourself up to people after that? And I think that is such a beautiful, like underlying story that's mm-hmm. going along with this murder mystery that's going along with these fans like there's so many layers to this story right. which is why you're just so invested in it because mm-hmm. there's so many things to be invested in there's so many characters to be invested in there's so many storylines to be invested in and like every chapter holds something very special and that's like i just like can't stop smiling talking about this book I'm like, <laughs> it's, so, it's so good, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I have this quote now, like, taped to my desk, but they say, that's the point of it, Bryce, of life, to live, to love, knowing that it all might vanish tomorrow. It makes everything that much more precious. It's like, And that's like, come is on. that not the truest statement? I wept reading this book. <laughs> There's a few times where I was just, like, crying my eyes out. And I think that moment where she takes the plunge into her powers mm. and she does the change i can't remember what it's called the drop yes the drop thank you Mm -hmm. i and she was just talking to danica that little piece that left her as an anchor i was like crying my eyes out because she was just kind of like well one their their friendship connection is just so strong and i just put myself in that position like every time i read i think of like how I would feel if my friends were saying that to me, like if something had happened to them and that was like the last time I truly get to talk to them and just the rawness of that scene really Mm -hmm. just drove it home for me. Her, I mean, Danica essentially said that again, over again Mm -hmm. and was like, you know, we had these moments, but she's like, you have another opportunity to have those moments again. Like, just because I'm gone, which it sucks, and we spent every single moment loving each other, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that you don't get to have that again. And yeah. I really love that aspect of it, too. I get, like, weepy thinking about it. <laughs> but it, like, really like, drove it home for me. My sister looked over to me <laughs> while I was reading it on the couch. She's like, are you crying? <laughs> And I was like, yes, shut up. <laughs> I guess I am. Just leave me alone. <laughs> like, shut up. This is such a good book. <laughs> and it's not the first time I've cried at her books. Like, she has a way of really making me feel like I am in the same position as those characters. And I think that's, like, the telltale of, a, like, a great, a great author, a great writer. Yeah. No, and I definitely had my fair share of weeping toward the end of that book. I mean, you have, like, <laughs> back to back to back of, like, you know, you have Bryce running in this atmosphere that's helpless. Like, she has zero help. Right. She's getting, like, oh, attacked yeah. by demons left and right. You're like, she's not going to make it out. Right. And I was like, this is an adult fantasy, so I'm expecting someone to die. Like, right. we, already lo- we already lost our little fire sprite. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm... Like, we're going to lose someone. So I was, like, waiting. And then when Hunt, like, covers her with his wings and he gets blown up. And then I'm like, oh, I my died. God, it's him. It's him. He died. I, know. <laughs> I was, like, <laughs> I was shook. 
And then they, like, talked about Rune's, like, reactions to seeing his sister in help. And I was, like, crying at that. Mm-hmm. And, like, how she's like, I forgive you. And I was like... <laughs> uh, yeah. I was like, oh, no. Because, like, I have an older brother, and that hit mm-hmm. hard. Yeah, me too. And so it was just, like, this... You know, you have this very hardcore girl, and you think it's going to be a hardcore story. And then yeah. there's just... It just keeps getting better and better and better. And so much heart. In you're, it. yeah, you're laughing, you're crying, you're screaming, you're sweating. Like, right. I felt every emotion you could. Yeah. <laughs> Probably in the last like 50 pages, I felt all of those emotions all back yeah. back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, definitely laughing. I was kind of just laughing so hard, and she ended up getting out the vacuum. <laughs> And vacuuming Mega's ashes up. I know. That was so funny to me. But also, I really liked her interaction with Alaba. The fangs and bangs kind of thing. Her <laughs> making fun of it. And I just imagine the little fire sprite. She's just like, you're so mean, BB. Like, <laughs> like just like very pouty, like Tinkerbell almost. Yeah. I just, I, I just, <laughs> she was never in like a foul, foul mood. Which always got me, but like <laughs> Bryce was a little brat to her, always making fun of her, oh and I loved God. their dynamic so much, and it always made me laugh. Oh yeah, it was so good. Oh and yeah, I like the teasing between her and Hunt, and I think that's again like one of the things that drove the force is like their humor is very much the same. <laughs> yeah, and it was like cute to see that grow. Yeah, I love the scene where Hunt is like on the roof. And he's, like, on the phone with her, and he was, like, oh, like, lighten up, sweetheart, or whatever. And then yeah. he hangs up the phone, and she just, like, flips him off and then closes the <laughs> curtains. <Yeah. laughs> I was, like, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Well, let's let us let us move on to our final ratings of this book. Yeah, let's just see. All right, I already told, I already tell you, like, I gave it five stars on Goodreads. Yeah. No doubt. Like, I, it was... Another one I usually do with Sarah J. Mass. There's a few of her other ones that I usually get like four stars to because I'm saving the best. But this one really had me from the get-go. So I give it a five. I give it a five out of five. And I yeah. just put, I put next to my notes, I put, I love this book in all caps. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing is like anytime, I'm going to have withdrawal because I'm almost, I'm close to like, finishing like all of her books right and that is like torture for me but I'm like I might have to just go back and read them all again like I'm just gonna have so much withdrawal that I'm gonna have to read them again yeah so yeah my favorite characters all over again it's like the best thing yeah so you're watching your favorite show yeah 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 no 100 percent 100 percent I'll probably start listening to all those on audio. That'll be, like, my audio book mm. of choice. So, I can't wait. Regret. Okay. God. I just wish we could talk about this forever, but we can't. Because <laughs> can't, right. unfortunately. But but we have a second. We have the second book coming up, so we'll get more into the nitty-gritty there. Don't you worry. So, now we have... Let's get into our pairings. Let's just end our show with some pairings. So we're pairing our book with a bottle of wine and our same TV show book movie. So if 
And I can give you a minute to think about it. Mm-hmm. But for me, my bottle of wine that I would pair this with, I think would be kind of a tart Pinot Noir because I feel like I feel like it has to be a red wine, just a red cover. It has to be. <laughs> but I just feel like it's it is dark to a point, but I feel like it you it's something that is easy to drink. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be a Pinot. I think of a Pinot as very easy to drink a little bit lighter than a cab. Um mm-hmm. And so I think of it to be easy to drink. You read it really fast. You drink this really fast. But it has this very, like, it has this tart almost. Kind of makes you pucker up a little bit. That's how I see it. That's how I see this book. That's what okay. I'll pair it with. I think I would go with, like, like a rosé Prosecco. It's giving me Bryce. It's that, like, lightest pink. You know, just it feels very party girl, very bubbly. But it also gets you schmackered like no one's business you take a few i'm telling you like champagne has me like down (laughs) so i'd say but also like the bubbles give me like star vibes so Mm. i would go with like a rosé prosecco oh that's good that's really good Dang, I love this question. Okay, <laughs> so let's uh, let's get into our shows, books, and movies. So okay. I'll go through mine. So my TV show is the new Watchmen series. Kind of that anti-hero, kind of darker setting for this kind of murder mystery as well. So like, mm-hmm. um, I think of that. I think of just that. I think of Watchmen being that very anti-hero, dark mm-hmm. kind of comic book. And I think of this being a very kind of a darker, fantastical burner mystery. So I think those Mm -hmm. two kind of pair well together. And both were phenomenal. Both I would recommend off just like that. And then uh, my book would be, again, I haven't read fantasy in forever. Actually, I'm going to have you come back to me on that one. I have one in mind. I just need to Google it to find out what the name of it is. And then my movie would be Beautiful Creatures. Oh, that's a good one. Because I feel like... That's kind of that's good. darker, fa- familial, kind of like rising up into your power, kind of choosing who you get to be, whether you get to be mm-hmm. good, whether you get to be bad. So I think that that's that good. sums it up. Let me Google this and then you can go while I find out what this book okay. is. <laughs> I think for a TV show, and like, mind you, this is also a book, but I would go with Shadow and Bone. They're coming Ooh, out with a second season one. as well, but it kind of has that fantastical element of just kind of having powers also with the like the light versus evil kind of thing Mm -hmm. i mean kind of fighting against i know there's a lot of tension in that show slash book with people of power Mm -hmm. with power sorry and like humans so Mm -hmm. i would go with that or movie i'm gonna stick with the fantastical elements as well if you haven't seen lord of the rings or the hobbit (laughs) do do it. It's a really good way, especially if you are a first-time reader of the Crescent City series or any of Sarah J. Mass series, kind of giving like a foothold of like what these characters might somewhat look like, if that makes sense. <laughs> so you're not guessing like if they're like actual fairies or if they're, yeah, if they're don't worry, like, <laughs> I'm just like it, it might have helped you then. Yeah, uh, and then I would say for book any any of Sergey Mass's books right now I'm reading the Throne of Glass series and I don't want to say I love it more than the Akatar, but it is like 
it's it's pairing like very close they're both very close because there's so many characters that I love in both that I just in these ones too like I can't choose I have a roster of like who my favorite characters are wow so I love if you this. want it eventually I'll share it but <laughs> we're gonna I have to share it unless asked oh yeah we're gonna have to... like people might get mad we're going to create a Patreon community, and you have to pay to get this content. Pay to get my list. <laughs> you have to pay to get this my list. My roster. <laughs> it's male very curated. Male Whoa. I've got a male and female list. Here we go. I can't wait. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, I found the name of my book. Okay. It is The Red Queen. It's part... Oh, um, I've heard good things about that Yeah, series. Victoria Aviard. Aviard. And I listened to... I listened to that on audio, and I listened mm-hmm. to that entire series, and phenomenal. It's really good. It's kind of giving me the same vibes of, like, this girl, that power hierarchy, which I feel like you have mm-hmm. to have in this, these types of books, but how, like, one type of power puts you above the rest, and kind of mm-hmm. this girl who has to try to make her way into this royal bloodline through these special powers that she has that she doesn't know that she can con- how she can control it and how she can use it. So... All right, very awesome. good. I want to reread those because I, I remember really liking them, but I haven't read mm-hmm. them in a while. So I'd like to go back. <laughs> I'm like, I should yeah. reread that. <laughs> yeah, I have like a to be read list, and then I have a to be reread list. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. So catch me in seventy years picking that one back up. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, Sierra, thank you so much. I know we could talk for hours and hours and hours about this book, yeah. but I think I think we touched on as much as we can in this right. tiny little hour that we have. But thank you so much for hopping on and of talking course. to Sarah J. Mass with me. Yes, loved it. <laughs> well, that's the show. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked it, please go give it five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this right now. If you want more book-related content, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at rwreadspodcast. Again, that's at r-w-r-e-a-d-s-p-o-d-c-a-s-t. That's at rwreadspodcast on Instagram and TikTok. And stay tuned for our Small Sips episode where we'll do a 10-minute deep dive on any book-related topic. This week, I am discussing how Sarah J. Mass has taken over Bookstagram and BookTok and really the world. And next Tuesday, Ella and I will be discussing The Interestings by Meg Walzer. I know I say this every week, but you really won't want to miss it. Until next week, keep your books open and your drink glasses full. Thanks all.